Hello, everyone, and welcome on into the Betting Pros Podcast. I'm Thomas Viola, and I am so excited for today's show. It's been a long time coming. We've wanted to make this happen. We finally are. Joe P. Sophia, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Me, Joey P., and Tommy V., together on the same show. This is nice. And you're doing such fantastic work at betting pros. I told you before we get on air together. So, you know, it's true. So, you know, I'm not just saying it for the camera here. Uh, and uh, you've been a great addition to the team here at BP. And uh, I love the videos. I love the podcast. I think you're doing a hell of a job. And, and I'm waiting all these times. When am I going to get an invite to come on and talk a little baseball? Finally, I did. So I'm very humbled and very happy to be here and hanging out with you today, buddy. Well, I am honored to have you on. Of course, your show leading off over on Fantasy Pros. I'm the one doing the timestamps for it every morning, so I'm watching (laughs) along with you guys. It is so much fun. If you guys like baseball, I hope you do, because that's what we're talking about today. But you also absolutely have to go check it out if you're not already, because let's face it, chances are Joey P is the one who brought you in here. But you know, Joe, we're on a little bit of a streak here. The last Mm. two episodes, we talked some NBA with Mike Domagali. And then we talked some uh, laying heavy favorites, some kind of little inside baseball on the sports betting world with Dwayne Colucci. We're three for three for the red, white, and green right now. That's right, baby. I love it. All the Italians lining up today. No inside baseball, just baseball. So maybe some inside baseball. After all, maybe maybe it should be. But uh, yeah, I like this. All, all those Italians, we all we all hang out together, you know, uh, off air. It's it's part of what we do. We keep we keep the faith. We keep the uh, the old country in our hearts. That's what we do, baby. You know, my parents just got back from a trip. It was fantastic. I, was I, so I can't wait to them. get back there. Yeah, I can't wait. But someday. Today, we're talking about the diamond. We're hitting into the halfway point of the season. The all-star break is right upon us. And unfortunately for us, Major League Baseball is kind of treating some of this like uh, they're a kid with a science project that they have to get done. They're waiting for the last possible minute here. We still don't know all eight members of the home run derby field. We don't know the all-star lineups yet, so odds aren't out for that. But we're still going to talk a little bit about that. And then we're going to do a halfway checkpoint here. It's the midway point of the season. This is a good time for people to reflect maybe on how they're betting the games going into the break versus how they want to bet them coming out. And also... Take a look at some futures markets, some awards markets, some World Series markets, and then some. We're going to cover all that here, but let's start off with the All-Star Weekend. What are some of the things that people can bet on this weekend? Is there anything that you're looking forward to? Obviously, the Home Run Derby. Well, that's the hard part is because the constant interchanging pieces make it almost impossible. I always tell people, look, if you want to, you know, approach the all-star game, sometimes the best wager is the under on the total in the game, because with so many moving pieces back and forth, it's really tough. You don't get to see a pitcher a second, third time and really get a beat on them. And these are guys they don't necessarily always see that often, let alone some of the relievers that end up working a lot in these games. So it's a very difficult game to get invested in the home run derby. However, is great. That's like a better paradise, I feel like, because you can go the individual numbers, which is fun. Uh, you can go for the winners. You could do like a win play show. There's all kinds of fun things that are out there for the Derby. So I'm in on the Derby, the all-star game. I tell you people, take a day off, relax a little bit, because it's just, it's too many variables. And, you know, I'm sure you've mentioned on the show a ton of times when you're trying to make wagers, what you're trying to do is take as many variables out as you possibly can and really hyper-focus on what you can make money on and what works. And I think when you're looking at the baseball market, you know, there's things you can rely on, you know, some of these, you know, 
strikeout totals that we're looking at and these props, you know, like we have a joke on the show, right? What's McClanahan's prop? Let's just go over. You know, there's some things that are just always working for us and we just keep adding them. But with the all-star game, when you have all these interchangeable pieces that are constantly moving, you don't know who's going to be facing whom at what point, it becomes really difficult and always becomes a non-starter for me personally. So I tell people, ignore that. Start looking ahead to the second half. Start looking ahead to futures and the awards if you haven't already made investments. And that's what we're going to do here because, unfortunately, we can't bet on the celebrity softball game. So we're kind of out of <laughs> I'm luck I'm taking there. Bad Bunny uh, for the one-and-a-half total bases. That's what I'd like to take. I wish. I want to live <laughs> in a society where we can bet exactly <laughs> on that prop, Joe. Well, you and I can do a side one on that. We can see if we can make that work deal uh the home run derby though before we move on from all-star weekend let's talk a little bit about that roster is there anyone obviously odds aren't out yet but you know pete alonzo is most likely going to be one of the favorites here he's looking for the three pete albert pujols it's one last ride you know that they're going to try and pump pump up the ceremony there he has five homers this year maybe he can have some magic at the end kyle schwarber Surely another favorite. 12 homers in June leads the National League with 28 on the season right now. And then you've got Acuna, who lost to Alonzo in the 2019 semis with eight homers. And Juan Soto, 17 this year, also lost to Alonzo in the 2021 semis. Mm -hmm. Is there anyone that you have your eye on? Well, look, uh, Pete Alonso is great at this. Uh, Albert Pujols, God love him. I think it's great that he's doing this. I think it's awesome. But the problem is when you have that time element that's in the home run derby now, you have to have great athletes, you know, who can really have the stamina to outlast because you got to hit X number of home runs at a certain period of time. And you have like, I think the one timeout or whatever the heck you could take. It's a whole other set of rules. So this is not the home run derby from years past. They've really evolved it. And I kind of like it. I like the time aspect of it. I think it makes it really difficult for the guys. Uh, and with that being said, you know, as, as great of an athlete as Ronald Acuna is, it's Juan Soto to me that I have my eye on for this right now of the guys that are invested in uh, Juan Soto, in my opinion, is the best pure hitter in baseball. And sometimes that can be a detriment in a contest like this because he's one to hit more line drives than anything else. But Juan Soto is so good that he can adjust his swing at any moment to do whatever he needs to do. And I think Juan Soto is playing for a team where he doesn't have much going on right now. And I feel like this is a moment for him where he's going to get excited and the adrenaline's going to be pumping. And he's a guy that's showing you in the past he can compete for this. And in terms of athleticism, and stamina, he fits the bill. Alonzo should be the favorite right now from the guys that are out there. Uh, the dark horse right now from the names would be Schwarber for me. He's had a great season, uh, a true slugger as well. And I think that's what you're looking for in this. These, you know, the true slugger types or the guys like Juan Soto who are just out of their mind talents who also happen to be very good conditioned athletes. Because I do think as time goes on to actually win, I think it sometimes takes a little bit of that conditioning, which Soto has. I think that makes a lot of sense. You're right. It is that stamina factor here. Some of those big guys that just like to hit them yeah. out of the park when they go up to bat and then you pull them for a pinch runner. They're not going to be able to do that here. And while I'm holding out a slim chance of hope that we get a Bartolo Colon in the home run derby. Oh, you and me both. That would be the all-time greatest thing. But I agree with you. Soto is a guy that I have my eye on. My hope is that Alonzo and Schwarber eat up so much of that tickets and money that they're such heavy favorites that you can maybe get a little more of a price on Soto, that would be fantastic. 
Yeah, I would. And I, I think that's your approach. And I think that's what you look for. And if you see a good line on soda early, jump on it, you know, jump on it. And with an even smaller investment, you can still hedge a little bit with one of the favorites. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And we'll see. I think it's also going to change if and when an Aaron Judge or somebody like that comes into this contest, you know, or Jordan Alvarez comes in, then we're really going to have that's going to be a huge shift because those are two very big public players. Uh, we'll see if Alvarez thinks he's healthy enough to participate. That's a question right now. And in terms of Aaron Judge, I mean, look, is there any more public Yankee public money than Yankee money? No, there's no such thing. It's the Cowboys, it's the Yankees. That's the most public you could possibly get. So keep a close eye on that too and how that might adjust things. Do you love sports betting as much as Calvin Ridley? Are you willing to stake your career on it? Well, here's your chance to win a signed Calvin Ridley Atlanta Falcons jersey, courtesy of our friends at Pristine Auction. Subscribe to the Betting Pros YouTube channel right now. Comment below this video, and that's it. We will be announcing a winner right here on the channel, so make sure to turn on those notifications so you can be alerted when new episodes are up and claim your prize. Let's switch over now, talk about the second half of this season because we are rapidly approaching the break and there are some real burning questions and ways that maybe you want to reevaluate going to the second half. The most important among them, Joe, are the Orioles ever going to lose a baseball game again? Yes, I can unequivocally say yes. They might even lose today. Uh, look, it's great what the Orioles have done. And I think it's stunning to think that everybody as of right now, we're doing this on the 13th of July that all five teams in this division are 500 or better. That's stunning. I mean, it tells you some of the bottom feeder teams that exist in the American League, too. You know, like the Oakland A's have been terrible, and, you know, Kansas City, Detroit have not been good. We all know that, but it's it's astounding. Uh, it also is more incredible when you consider how far above the Yankees are from the rest of this division when you're up by 14 games on the next best team and then everybody else is clumped within like three wins of each other it's it's wild uh the Orioles can't sustain this they don't have the pitching to sustain it it's a fun story it's a streak and baseball is a game of streaks and understanding how to ride those streaks and when to get on the wave and when to jump off of it, I think is very important. But looking at that East, I think the team that you want to pay attention to uh, as things go on is the Boston Red Sox. Now that Chris Sale is back because uh, they're going to get Whitlock back in about a week or so to uh, adding him to that bullpen as the long man is going to be very helpful. Chris Sale is like adding a big trade piece. And with the Toronto Blue Jays firing their manager today, that's an interesting indicator. Sometimes, and you've seen in leading off, we talk about it. Sometimes you get a bump uh, from firing the manager. The Phillies got a bump. Uh, Angels, not so much. Uh, so it's tough. Sometimes there's a, a minimal bump that comes from that kind of a shakeup. But whether or not sustainable, I don't know. Uh, and I would keep a close eye on that Red Sox team, though, because with Tampa missing Wander Franco for the next six to eight weeks, that offense is going to really hurt. And Boston's put themselves in a position with a healthy Chris Sale to really start to, you know, stay atop the the uh, the wild card standings, as it were. Yeah, well, the division most likely a little bit out of reach. I mean, we would love to be able to take them at 50 to 1 and make a profit there. The Yankees, minus 4,000 on FanDuel right now. Absurd, but well earned. But maybe the Red Sox could be that team that makes that late season push through the wild card because all of a sudden you look towards looking at the league winners here. They're, they're 12 to 1 to win the American League and 28 to 1 to win the World Series. They could be a team that makes that push towards the end of the season, right? Uh, they could, you know, I always look at when you're getting to the World Series, I'm talking about the short series, you know, that to me is a very different thing. So Red Sox are a team that if you're looking to, you know, bet to win the play uh, to get into the playoffs, excuse me, or if you're betting the over on the win total, I think those are good wagers, if you could still make them in some houses. But the problem is, 
when you're looking at winning the American League or the National League, it always comes down to me of like, what sort of pitching are you going to throw in a short series? And ironically, you know, the Blue Jays are still the third highest. If you look over on the FanDuel odds, they're at plus 800. So despite the firing of the manager, despite maybe underperforming, last year they were the young team that chased. This year they were the team that people had expectations for, and they haven't quite lived up to them. Do they have a big second half in them? Because if they do, Gossman, Manoa, and if you can get the Jose Barrios we got last night where he's striking out a career-high group of guys – or do the Blue Jays have a trade in them where they can go out and acquire a Montas or a Luis Castillo or somebody else for this rotation? That makes them very good. I keep coming back to the Astros. The Astros have Justin Verlander at the top. They've got Framber. They've got Christian Javier, who's been fantastic. They have depth of that rotation, but they also have bullpen as well. They have good defense. As much as the Yankees are at plus 165 right now, you know, to me, the Astros are still the better wager and I think the better bet to get there because sometimes these teams that have incredible regular season records, you know, go back to record-setting Seattle Mariners back in the past who they lose to, the Yankees in the playoffs, right? You know, sometimes a regular season doesn't mean as much as we think. In the playoffs, it's about what kind of starting pitching you can throw out there in a short series. And to me, Houston, I think, has the edge there. I completely agree with you. I think this Astros team is kind of getting lost in that shuffle, both lost in the shuffle of the Yankees and the Mets and Mm -hmm. the Red Sox and the Dodgers. Well, not so much the Red Sox, but Yankees, Dodgers, Mets, all good at the same time. That just soaks up all the media coverage. And then the Astros are there like, hey, we might have wanted you to forget about us two years ago, but right now they're making some noise. And at five to one to win the whole thing, it's slightly better value than you're getting on the Yankees or Dodgers at four. But the thing is that those three favorites are so heavy there. Mm-hmm. You you almost don't have value in that market unless you want to fade this big three. Are there any teams that you might see as a potential opportunity if you wanted to fade those top teams and get some value? For the World Series, you mean? Yeah. For the World Series, a little trickier. Uh, I think the Braves uh, would be the one that I would circle first uh, at plus 850 because that's a team that you can absolutely look at if Charlie Morton is right, right? Max Fried has been fantastic. You put him together, the two of them at the top of that rotation, along with Kyle Wright. You look at that lineup, the depth of that lineup, and Ozzie Albies has been out. Eventually, they're going to get him back before the season ends. So you're adding him back into a team that's already just loaded top to bottom. So they're an athletic team that can create runs. Creating runs is very important. They can hit the long ball, too. That's very important. And they have starting pitching. That's very important. And Strider, if he goes back into the bullpen, that becomes a huge weapon for them out of the bullpen because then you're shortening games because he's been so lights out. Uh, so the Braves to me and, – and look, the Mets at 7-1 to for the World Series is something you have to really contemplate. And as a Mets fan myself, I can tell you it, it's almost hard for me to say those words. But <laughs> there's nobody that's going to have Scherzer and DeGrom at the top of that rotation in a playoffs where you have to face those guys five times in a seven game series that's tough that is really tough the problem with the Mets is the inconsistency of the offense they still have time to address this and this is an interesting time too because if the Mets do go out there and acquire a big bat or somebody else that's going to change some of these odds a little bit you'll see some impact on these lines but the Mets and Braves at 750 you know me uh, I've never been drinking the Dodger Kool-Aid all year. It's the blue Kool-Aid. That's a weird flavor anyway. Uh, I still think there's, you know, a, a, a tough path for the Dodgers to get all the way back there. And I'm not exactly sold that Walker Bueller is going to get there as well. The other biggest long shot, you have to consider the Padres a little bit. 
I know the offense has some issues, but if they get Tatis Jr. back and if he looks like Tatis Jr. in August and September, that is a huge impact into this lineup. And you're talking about a rotation that's got Musgrove, who's been as good as anybody, Darvish, Manaya, Blake Snell. That is an incredibly deep rotation. So the Padres are another team. Mets, Padres, uh, Braves, those are the three to me that are really fascinating to win it all. That you have much better odds, plus 700, plus 850 for the Braves, seven for the Mets, and plus 1800 for the Pods. That's right. That 18 to one price on the Padres really has me thinking because you, mm-hmm. you nailed it. They are the team in that mid range market where you say they can get hot. They have the depth. Right. They have that all important pitching rotation that it could be something that happens. You know, I'm, I'm still in a group chat with four of my buddies from college and three of them are Mets fans. And every year at the beginning of the season, there's a moment where they're all freaking out about something, whether it's a big signing or a big early win. Mm-hmm. And I just screenshot it and I say, I'm saving this for when it's the high point of the season. And then for the rest of the season, I get to perpetually reuse that. Mm-hmm. I haven't been able yeah. to really do it this season. They just keep going. Oh, there might come a time, Tommy. There might come a time where that's available again. It, uh, and, and me, I'm the opposite. I'm always – I'm conditioned now to not get excited. See, I don't – you know, as excited as I was about Scherzer, it sounded great. You know, as all I kept thinking was, well, he's really old. How many, how many starts is he going to make along with DeGrom? What, what's the combination of starts on that? Are we going to get 50 starts between these two guys? Probably not. <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, you're not going to get that, right? So I would have taken the under there. But yeah, you know, I think the difference, though, is Buck Showalter. Buck Showalter has this team a little bit more focused. And this is where when people say manager doesn't matter, I say you're wrong. Because it's such a long season. It's so much more than than punching numbers uh, to manage a baseball team and to manage these players because it's such a grind of every single day. So getting guys to play hard every single day matters. And this series against the Braves has been a very good one, and they're going to have a lot more games against the Braves. But I think we all agree the Braves and the Mets are going to be in the playoffs. And what a series that would be between the two of them if it was a a seven-game series to go for uh, the World Series, we shall find out. And maybe it is the Dodgers, maybe it is the Chalk, but – Man, those super teams sometimes, you've seen it, Tom. You've been around a long time in sports. You know, if it's too good to be true, how often is it? Usually it's too good to be true and never is. Yeah, those super teams are always – they're no fun in basketball. They're no fun in baseball. But as a yeah. Jets fan, I fully understand where you're coming from on temporary mm, expectations. Yes, you have no fun at all. I no. feel bad for those people who are Mets and Jets fans and I, Knicks fans. I don't know how they exist. I really don't. That's that's a brutal way to live life. Yeah. I'm glad it's not maybe. As I can I'm a Patriots fan, see, as you can see. Mets and Pats. So I have a cycle where life is great – for me, in the fall, I have such a wonderful time. Oh, we win Super Bowls, and the Mets start, and I kind of have optimism. And then I'm miserable by June, July, and then training camp starts, and I feel good about myself again. It's nice. Guys, real quick, remember when you're looking for free picks and sports betting advice, bettingpros.com has you covered with tips from over 150 experts to make it easy for you to cash out. Download the app to get sports betting alerts. You'll get notified of favorable bets based on line movements, consensus picks from the most accurate experts, and vetted systems in play. Betting Pros monitors all of the major sports books, most accurate experts, and top systems to identify the best betting opportunities. So download today in the Apple or Google Play stores. So before I get you out of here, though, Joe, one of the best things that we have in terms of finding value and trying to mine something out of the second half of the season might be the player award market. It's going to swing so much more month to month, week to week, even than World Series odds are going to as we 
kind of extrapolate over the course of this very long season. So this is where we might want to find some value here. And obviously in the American League, there's not too much value left on the board. It's a two-horse race. But the question is, which horse is going to come out on top here? I have to get your opinion. Is it Aaron Judge at plus 125 or Shuhei Otani at plus 155? Well, this is why you know, you pay attention to leading off. And and when before you got to come over here and, and take over these duties, which, by the way, thank you. And it's so great to have somebody else doing some BP shows besides me. Uh, I told everybody early on, I was like, look, it's Otani's to lose. The only reason you don't get minus money on Otani to start the year is because he's a pitcher, because it's a huge risk of injury being a pitcher and a hitter. So that's why it was even three to one to start the year or three, depending on what book you were using. Uh, what I told everybody on leading off when Aaron judge got really hot, I was like, look, get Aaron judge at plus money, take your money out where you can on Shohei at the three to one and then wait, put it in judge and then wait for the Otani number to go up. And if you paid attention to that, it did get as high as five or even five and a half and six in some books. And if you reinvest in Otani there, you got him. Now it's busted plus 155 and judge who was just the minus number a couple weeks ago is now plus money as well plus 125 to me it's still Otani. i said it last year vlad guerrero jr can go out there and and win the triple crown doesn't matter is he picking up the ball and starting every fifth day and i know the angels stink but it's it doesn't matter Otani is doing something no one else can do and as great as judge has been it would not shock me if it ended up being some weird split of this award somehow they find a way to do all this or writers start writing both names i don't know but it is a two-horse race in the american league the national league goldschmidt was a player that we were heavy into uh, right around 12 to 1 10 to 1 now that number is plus 105 in the national league so I do think it's still Goldschmidt's to lose. What hurts Freeman and Betts and Turner is that they all play on the same team, so they cancel each other out. At seven to one, Alonzo still has a path there because you know he has really kind of been the guy holding this team together. Um, so keep an eye on that. If he has a monster second half, this could be a number that moves from seven to three within the span of a month. But right now, it's still Paul Goldschmidt's to lose. Manny Machado was the early guy, but the early guys tend to, to not win the award most of the time. It's usually the guys with the big second half. So keep that in mind because Harper was the guy with the big second half last year who won it. Alonzo could be that guy too because the Mets offense hasn't been great. When you go to the Cy Young in the National League, look, Alcantara was a guy in leading off. I think we got at 8-1, to 10-1 to one around there. I'm still hedging on Joe Musgrove at plus 1,100 because I think Musgrove has been right there with Alcantara. And look, with pitchers, it takes one injury, one IL stint. Next thing you know, they're off the board. I mean, look at Scherzer, right? Scherzer was tops on this list for a little while. Injury, boom, missed a month. He's gone. Uh, and then American League, I'm still on Team Justin Verlander. Had it 25 to 1 to start the year. Double down, triple down, quadruple down. Uh, McClanahan's ahead of him at 250. Verlander's at 270. In my opinion, I think you look at Justin Verlander and you think the narrative is there, the story is there. McClanahan has to be as good as he's been the first half. I just think that's a tough sell for me, especially with that uh, Tampa lineup being so dreadful right now. American League Rookie of the Year is already gone. It was Julio. We told you it was Julio in the beginning of the year. It was Julio and Bobby Witt. Then at a certain point, we said, it's Julio's show. Get in before it goes negative. It's gone bye-bye. Forget it. The National League Rookie of the Year is completely up for grabs. Your guess is as good as mine. I want nothing to do with it. <laughs> that might be where you can actually find a price because of it i mean uh, striders plus 165 then you got harris at 320 and then Cruz at seven to one like it jumps up really quickly it's crazy and the volatility of this market is nuts i mean i it makes it makes no sense to me and honestly at this point 
you know, Strider makes the most sense because the Braves are a very visible team defending champions. I never thought it was going to be Anyo Cruz. At one point, he was the leader here. You've seen Nolan Gorman at the top of this list. You've seen Suzuki, who I told everybody, do not invest in Suzuki. He is not that dude. And people will tell me, oh, of course, he got off to a great start. I'm like, just watch. When the league adjusts to him, watch how he doesn't adjust back, and he hasn't really. So it's really tough. It's not a good year in the National League, so it's going to be more of a default. I wouldn't count out Hunter Green who is plus uh, 130,000 or something like that. I don't know what he, it's crazy uh, what he's at right now. But seriously, I mean, it's Hunter Green is that guy that could go on a run and be great. If Max Meyer comes up in the second half and his lights out for the Marlins, he could get involved in this award. But at the end of the day, it feels like it's going to end up being Strider by default. Uh, that make, that makes a lot of sense. But w- what do you think about the potential of, Sh- of Shohei getting traded? Would that help or hurt him? Um, well, if he gets traded to the National League, it certainly hurts. Uh, but yeah. I don't think he's going to get moved at all. I think that is a this is a really tough sell. And the Angels are a team that, you know, we've talked about this on leading off a bunch. They, they've they've missed out on building from within on this team to supplement the stars. They mm-hmm. have not fostered good young pitching. The scouting department has failed there. Some of the signings have failed there. Um, they've been a very stars and scrubs organization going back to the beginning of the pools contract. You know, they spent a lot of money on pools and Josh Hamilton once upon a time and all these big contracts, right? Vernon Wells. And what was lying underneath was not enough to make up a baseball team. And that's where the angels have always been. And they've been floating around in this cycle for years now. And now, you know, trout's hit a bad patch here. He's been terrible in July, not to mention he's now dealing with back issues and, you know, you're the, uh, the Anaheim angels you're looking up at the Texas Rangers are ahead of you right now. And you know, and Texas had a good off season, but still, I mean, where's their trout? Where's their Shohei Otani, you know, but they have more players. And at the end of the day, you know, firing Joe Madden was a huge mistake. I thought, Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, the angels have failed from an organizational standpoint to surround and supplement with young talent around them. And it's unfortunate guys like Joe Adele haven't hit, you know, they've had some guys come through and they've been a lot of failures. So that's when you have to reevaluate how you're doing things, what's your process, because you look at some other teams that like the Cleveland Guardians, who just keep cycling through and cycling through. They stay relevant. Meanwhile, the Angels cannot. And that's the other thing. It's so hard to mit. You can't really min max in baseball when you're building mm-hmm. a roster. You can't build it around two stars like that because the rest of your the rest of your death is just suffering so much. Unless you're the Yankees and the Dodgers, then you just max max. But because money doesn't matter to you, but it, it you are much better off with a team full of really good players than a team full of eh, players that has two yeah. of the best in the game. You need stars still. Yeah, stars help. Um, but at the same time, it's, it's been the pitching for this team for forever. And Otani has been fantastic, but he can't do it by himself. I think people had higher expectations for Sandoval this year, expectations for Syndergaard, but you know, it's, um, they're in a tough bind here too, because they're tied into a lot of money for trout. Otani, I don't know what the next chapter is going to be for him, but one can only dream what he would command on the open market. It would be. Absurd potentially, but also a huge risk for that same reason we talked about. Why isn't he minus or just even money for MVP? Because it's a bigger risk when you're a pitcher and a hitter of when you have that injury with your arm, then you can't do either. And that becomes a real issue. That's very true. My last question for you here, as we head into the break, teams are going to have a little bit of time off. Who are you expecting to come out hot for the second half of the season? Is there a team that you're going to be eyeing, really betting on a little more heavily in the second half? 
well, I will say this. Uh, I'm fascinated to see how the Blue Jays respond to the managerial firing because I would not be surprised if they got a little bit of a shakeup there and maybe the young kids kind of get things right. I told you Boston's a team to keep an eye on. Uh, Seattle has been really good. You know, it's funny. We keep talking about, uh, you know, the, the win streak of the Orioles, but Seattle's won nine in a row too. <laughs> we just want to put that in there too, very quietly. So um, those are the teams in the American League to keep an eye on. Uh, I'm still not 100% sold on the Twins. I would not be shocked if the Twins came crashing down to earth. I would love to say the White Sox could make a run, but they just keep constantly tripping over their toes every single chance they get. Uh, in the National League, I think St. Louis Cardinals will be there. Uh, I do think that the Phillies will fade. I think the Giants will fade away. And I think you're looking at a very simple Atlanta, San Diego, St. Louis wild card situation in the National League. The American League, especially the Central, is I think a little bit more wide open. That's where I'd be looking for a lot of the attention because right now the wild card is Tampa, Boston, and then Seattle and Toronto are tied. So that's going to be really contested. Can the Seattle young pitchers have the stamina in the second half and have the innings total to really compete? That's a big question, guys like Logan Gilbert and Kirby, and I don't know if we have the answer to that. So that's why I think Toronto still has a shot to be relevant here. Joe, thank you so much for joining me here today. It has been an absolute pleasure. I'm so glad we finally got to do this. Where can people find you and all the great fantasy pros work you're doing? Well, first of all, I second that emotion. It's great to hang out. I can't wait to talk NFL with you. So anytime you, you need somebody, I am here. I'm ready to go. Uh, of course, you can follow me on the Twitter machine at Joe Pizza PS17. And uh, of course, check out the uh, the fantasy football podcast here at Fantasy Pros, which is pretty popular these days. Just want to say it's a pretty popular show. We have a good time. So if you're getting ready for your drafts, you can check that out. And of course, go check out our baseball show as well. Leading off five days a week. We got the baseball pod. We got the NFL pod. We got a lot going on. The Black Book is out there on Amazon right here behind my beautiful bald head there. If you're going to get ready for your leagues, you can go check that out on Amazon. It's a good week to buy it too because a dollar for every book we sell is going to St. Jude's Children's Hospital this week in honor of Scott Fishbowl. So you can buy a Black Book and do something good for somebody else. And uh, this was great. I hope all of these uh, picks are winners. That's what I hope. Same here. And I'm going to be buying one of those black books, but I'm going to request it's a signed copy. That's it loses my... it loses value if I sign it, but I will do it anyway. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to us today. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share. You know the whole rigmarole. If you're listening to us on your podcast platform of your choice, please throw us that five-star rating. It really does help out. And again, you can follow us on Twitter. Follow Betting Pros at Betting Pros. It's really that easy. And at Fantasy Pros at fantasy pros guys let's cash some tickets and we will see you next week